This is Alex Brazelton, Associate Broker with Qualitech Properties. I've been helping buyers, sellers, and investors in our area for over 14 years. We are a 30-year-plus family-owned real estate company here in the Huntsville area. I am your anxiety reliever and your wealth protector. And you are listening to Rebuke. This is Sterling King, a residential mortgage lender with Supreme Lending here in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I'm local, local bred. Uh, you know, I, I love to help you become a homeowner, especially if it's your first time going through the process. My main focus is education. And you are listening to Rebuke. This is the realest man in Huntsville, and you're now listening to Rebuke. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for supporting me and and listening to my show and sharing it with your friends and family. I ask you continue to do that as well. Uh, also, look out for the T-shirts. I'll be I'm bringing I'm trying to produce those soon. And also, um, this is the 20th episode, so I I, I feel. I feel good about the 20th episode because number 20 was my jersey number in high school. So 20 has always been my lucky number. So uh, I, I appreciate the guests coming on the show today. Um, also, if you want to contribute to the cause, um, uh, to my cause, uh, you can go do that by going to Cash App, uh, dollar sign rebuke, R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. That is dollar sign rebuke. R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. Now, um, this before I get into the title, this show is, is is very personal to me because, you know, when I moved from Michigan in 2016, I was done uh, renting and I wanted to buy a house. Um, it was my first time buying a home. And, you know, I kind of went with a... a, 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 a a realtor that I kind of found attractive and all that. And uh, I did, I eventually got a home. Um, but after I got to the home, I, I noticed some things uh, about the home I did not like after the fact. And and I didn't like some of the, some of the negotiation strategies that she tried to or she tried or lack of negotiation strategy she did for um, for me on my behalf. And I ended up having to negotiate my own contract. Now, this is the first time, this is the first time I ever buying a home and I got to do all the negotiation. So the title of this show is called, I Got Played, <laughs> Common Mistakes of First Time Home Buyers. So, no further ado, I'd like to thank uh, Alex for coming on the show and Sterling King, the, the mortgage lender, for coming on the show today. Thank you very much. I want to say thank you for having me for the second time. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I also want to uh, 
uh, give a special shout out to your mom uh, and, and your whole family, to the, you know, browser to the, uh, family for your, your expertise and, you know, showing me love as well. Um, I want to start the first question off with you, with you Alex, is okay. it's the year 2020. And I don't know what type of market I was in in 2016, but in 2020, uh, are are we currently in a seller's market or a buyer's market? And, and define that for the, for the audience. Okay, so in our market today, which I tell people, the market has changed, in my opinion, just from last fall to right now. But we have a record low amount of inventory. Then we have the FBI. Facebook, Toyota Mazda moving here that and they have strong buying power. So that's also another heavy demand on our inventory. So to answer your question, we are definitely in a seller's market. So the best thing you can do in a seller's market is purchase now. Okay. Okay. Hey Sterling, you have anything to add add to that? Uh yes. Due to the fact that we are in a seller's market, um, it is hard for a buyer to obtain financial assistance from sellers with their closing costs and things like that. So you need to make sure that you speak with uh, a lender, whoever you trust, and make sure that you are in a position financially to uh, to purchase that house. I mean, I would hate for you to get under contract and 30 days later it fall through for you. So you gotta you gotta do your homework. Make sure you're in the right position. Okay, he's um, absolutely right. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, my yeah, bad. He's absolutely right, and that's especially um, an issue with existing homes. I have clients we've we've gone in and offered twenty thousand dollars above sales price and still not have had our offer accepted. So that's why I do a lot of new construction because what a lot of buyers are surprised to find out is that with new construction, a lot of times there's less money out of pocket. Mm-hmm. You're still able to purchase because in a lot of cases you can get help with closing costs um, with, with builders. But he's absolutely right. It, it has made it more difficult, especially with my clients who are purchasing existing homes. Okay, great, great. Now, the second question, I'm going to start with you, Sterling. Um, We're currently in the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the virus is killing African-Americans at an alarming rate. How are you able to do your job as a mortgage lender and ensure that your customers get the utmost quality service? And then I'm going to go with you, uh, Alex. Go ahead, Sterling. I mean, first of all, you know, you're exactly right about the virus and it's those underlying health issues. I mean, I myself am a diabetic, so mm. you know, I've been I've been tucked away in the house for a few months now. Uh, I'm not playing with it, but um, you know, we're, like you said earlier, this is 2020, so we're able to do a lot of things over the internet. Like I said, I've been I've been in the house for a few months now. I've had multiple multiple closings each month. I've never even met these clients face to face. Wow. But I mean, I have online application. I mean, you know, we, we, do, we do all our communication over the phone, over Zoom like we are right now. Um, I can get their documents. I have online document portals. Um, 
um, document submittals. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, we, I don't need to come in contact with anyone and I haven't even been allowed to go to any closings lately. So, you know, I don't even have anything to do with that really, but you know, I mean, it's everything's online. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I know can't... Alex probably has a, you know, she oh, yeah. has to come in contact with you, you know, <laughs> so that, you know, she got to show you the house and all this, that, and the third. So I would like to hear what they, <laughs> what they are doing, um, you know, to ensure those things. Yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah. I, I've been seeing some, some pictures of you, so I, I know you've been putting in work, but go ahead and tell the audience, how are you ensuring that uh, your clients get the utmost quality service and make sure you don't get the virus and make sure they don't get the virus. Go ahead. Well, first of all, prayer, of course, but I'm, you would have thought that COVID would slow things down, but I feel like it sped things up in our in our real estate market. But for my sellers, I've been incorporating virtual 3D tours. And so it allows me to advertise the home and uh, potential buyers can actually walk through the house, turn around in the house, um, take measurements. And so it allows them to really weed that property out and say, do I really want to risk coming and, you know, and walking through that house or do I really get a good idea just from sitting at, sitting at this virtual tour? So that's been helpful. And, I, you know, I've always worked with out-of-town buyers and so it hasn't been uncommon for me to walk through a house uh, via FaceTime, but I did do my first, <laughs> or have been doing my first uh, Zoom walkthrough tours of homes and things of that nature and of course you know I try to wear a mask as much as possible and practice social distancing but yeah the market is still moving. okay okay you don't have any other underlying uh conditions do you Alex I have asthma oh wow <laughs> both of y'all have <laughs> wow okay yeah. yeah yeah so I'm so, you got asthma you still still out there with your customers you brave you wonder woman <laughs> yeah. okay People, have, okay. people need a place to live. <laughs> and like she said, it like Huntsville is pandemic proof, recession proof. Like it doesn't slow, it has not slowed down. Yeah. Okay. But are you, do, do you have friends in other cities? Has Is that uh, the same story in Atlanta or somewhere else? And I, I think you, you told me that Sterling, you have, you have some, you, you lived in Florida, you have, has the pandemic slowed down any homes in in, in other cities? Uh, not that I know of. I actually was reading. I was reading something the other day that was saying that while mortgage applications were down from the previous week, they're still up from last year. And last year there was no pandemic, so for them to still be up from last year, it, it tells you that it's not slowing down. Wow, not the housing market. Okay. Like, like Alex said, people need houses. Yeah, and even my sellers, you know, they're flying like hotcakes and, you know, I, which they, there's still some concern and I'm telling them, look, I need about a day or two for you to open up your house and I think you'll be fine. Like, we'll have it sold. Okay, great, great, great. Now, I'm going to go to a, a question that, you know, we were all African-Americans on here and and before George Floyd, we heard about this story. You know, Ahmaud Aubrey died because he, quote unquote, looked like a robber by looking into a looking into a vacant home in Georgia. 
Now, is it against the law? Because I've done this several times. I mean, several times. Is it against the law to look inside a home that is not finished, Alex? Go ahead. So first, I'm going to say this. I think Ahmad was dreaming. You know, he was walking through that house that um, that was under construction, just like other people were, except he happened to be black. And we know that everything starts with a desire in the inner dream. That's mm-hmm. why so many people like HGTV. And so it's not uncommon at all for people to walk through houses that are under construction. But yeah, you know, if it's on private property, then you are trespassing. But it's just unfortunate that because of our skin color, we have to now think in that way. You know, I have clients. I work with a lot of out of town, out of town buyers, and I had a client after this happened call me, and they're building a nice house, and they said, you know what, we want to come see the house this weekend, but we're nervous. You know, we don't want to walk in our home that we're paying for, and there be an issue because just because of the color of our skin, someone around there thinks we don't belong. So it it definitely has affected my clients, just this climate period and the way they're thinking and the way they're questioning, um, you know, the, the way, you know, the transactions are going. So, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to think in that way, but I would tell people before you make that move, especially if it's new construction, give me a call. Let me make some phone calls. Let me help you navigate through that. Okay. Got you. Sterling, man. Uh, I- like I said, I've done this numerous times. So Alex just told me that I've been trespassing all the damn time. So right. what's your take on this, bro? So, I mean, it's 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 one of those uh, touchy subjects. Like, like she said, legally, you could be hit with the trespassing charge because while that home is not owned by the buyer until they're at the closing table, it is owned by the builder. You know that land, that house, all of that—they're they're still in possession of that. So, if, I mean, if they choose to, they could press a trespassing charge against you. Uh, I have spoken to multiple builders agents since this Ahmad Arbery thing happened, and the consensus that I've gotten is that they really expect people to do that, so they're not really—you know—they're not going to push a, a trespassing charge on you. You know, things like that. They expect people to, I mean, that, that's marketing for them. You know, why would they, t- Why would they? unless you're damaging or, or stealing, why would they turn people away from walking through one of their homes? That's a free, that's a commercial they just did for free. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the way they look at it. Um, speaking on a personal level, I live in a, in a neighborhood. There are two houses beside me were just built on either side of me. And people have been coming back and forth. You know, I see people go in them and I mean, they're they're wide open. The garage door is open. They're unlocked. People are looking for homes. They're going to go look in it. Um, And the the office is right across the street. No one complains about it. I mean, it's just, it comes down to a matter of minding your business. (laughs) When you really think about it. I mean, like I said, if, if there's no destruction of property, if no one's being hurt, what does it matter to you? Wow. Amen, brother. Amen. Okay. Now here we now we're gonna go into the meat of of this title. I got play I got played. Um 
when I bought my first home, like I said, I, I, I gave my story and I, she did okay, but I really didn't think she had her best, my interest best, at, my best interest at heart. With that being said, uh, I don't know how, how many you have. So I'm start with Sterling and then from a mortgage lender perspective, and then I'm gonna go with Alex from a realtor's perspective. What are the top, give me, if you got three, give me the top three mistakes that African-Americans make when it comes down to purchasing, purchasing their first home from a mortgage lending perspective. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, number one mistake for me, which I touched on a little bit earlier, would be not finding out where you stand financially, not finding out what you can afford, putting yourself in a bad position by jumping the gun and entering a contract because you, quote unquote, fell in love with the house. Um, it's important for us to to know how to get to where we get to where we need to get. I mean, um, I, I heard you know you and I grew up pretty much together, and I know you probably have heard the same thing that I've heard as far as oh I don't fool with credit, you know I, I pay cash blah 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 you know. Right. And that, that's that's all well and good, but you don't have $200,000 sitting around to go drop cash on the house. So if you <laughs> want to be a homeowner, you know, you, you're going to need to build your credit. And it's, it really doesn't take a lot of money. It's not as dangerous as we think it is. It's really simple. Uh, you can do it, you know, with $10, $15 a month, you know, and, and, and have a wonderful credit score and be able to buy anything that you want, that you can dream of. Um, number two, probably, would be that you need to understand what you're getting yourself into. You need to speak with a lender, ask questions about not only your monthly costs. Most people think about monthly costs when they think about a mortgage, but you need to understand about your upfront cost as well. Um, and, and, and the different programs that are available as far as down payment assistance programs or, or um, you know, having agents negotiate closing costs, things of that nature for you to help you with those upfront costs if you need that. Like I said, it's kind of difficult right now in the seller's market because the sellers are getting multiple, multiple offers on each property. So if you need a closing cost assistance, they have two or three offers that don't. So they're not gonna pick your offer right now you know so it's important to get yourself in a, in a strong buying position and 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 then you know you gotta find out your budget so well, that you can you, maintain when, that strong position when a strong buying position are you talking about get your money up basically basically <laughs> you got you got to get your credit up you got to get your money up um those are the two the two most important things on my end. Buying a house are, is your credit and your debt to income ratio. Okay. If if, if you and, and when I say debt to income ratio, I mean how much money are you bringing in versus how much money are you putting out. Okay. You know, so you got to get those two things under control first off, and you got to have a little you got to have a little cash and in, in the, in the, you got to have a little money in the bank. Okay. And, you know you can get a you can get a zero down payment loan. I do it all the time, but you still gotta have a little money in the bank. And, and people think that if I'm getting a zero down, zero down payment loan, I don't need any money in the bank, and that's not true. 
Um, the last thing I would say is, and Alex touched on this, if you're doing new construction, it's important to get an agent like Alex on your side. Don't just go through the builder's agent because they work for the builder. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I see people, I mean, you got a brand new house, it's nice, it's sweet, the bell, all the bells and the whistles, but this, this, that, and the third starts, you start noticing things that, you know, if, if you would have had, that you didn't think to look for. So if you would have had someone with that experience behind you, representing you, um, most of those things might have been, you know, able to, you know, be taken care of in the beginning. And people think, well, I don't want to pay a realtor. Well, that's that's not how it works. You know, Alex can tell you how that works, but you know, her services, if you're the on the buyer side, would basically be free to you. Um, the builder is going to pay Alex for her for her for her time for her work. So, you know, it's important. Don't be afraid to. Get someone on your side. You need that. You need that support. Okay. I appreciate that, uh, Sterling. Now, from a realtor, a broker's perspective, Alex, what are the top three things, common mistakes that African-Americans make when it's time to purchase their first home or home? Well, number one, I'm going to say make sure you have a caring and competent agent. Amen. Go ahead. Real estate (laughs) is a wealth building tool. So you need a realtor that can sit down with you and create a wealth building strategy before you purchase. Not all agents are created equally. Um, and oh, all wait, wait, oh, oh, wait, uh-huh. wait, wait, wait. Uh-huh. You said what? A wealth building strategy? That, yes. I never heard that. Go ahead, expound. <laughs> so when I meet clients, which most of the time it's over the phone first because everything is anyway. But I sit down and say, okay, what are your goals? Because I need to know what your goals are so I can tailor how I can best serve you. You know, are you looking to and go? Okay. So when I sit down with my clients and when we first initially talk, I want to know what your real estate goals are. Are you looking to downsize? Are you a first time home buyer? And you know, this is just a first time home within five years, you wanna be in and out. All of that's important. Are you an investor? So we're gonna make our strategy based on that. Um, And like I said earlier, not all agents are created equally. All that's required to sell real estate in the state of Alabama is a GED. So our credentials are top 1%. I've been doing this for 14 years. I'm ranked the number two realtor on social media in this area. We are relationship people. We're family-owned business, family-owned and black-owned brokerage. There's a, there's a difference. And we've been helping our community for over 30 years. So, um, yes, real estate is a well-building tool. You need to make sure you have a competent realtor that cares about you okay. and your future. Because I don't okay. want any, any of my clients to come back to me you know, five years later and say, Alex, I want to sell your home and I can't sell it. Mm. Okay. Um, losing, I would say losing wealth by renting for too long. And part of that is prioritization. Buy the house before the car. Sterling would tell you uh, that car can mess up your debt to income ratio and cause you not to qualify for a house. But more than likely, you'll be able to buy that house first and still get that car. So, Prioritize that. 
um, for black home ownership in America, and we kind of spoke on this on the last podcast, oh, yeah. we are where we were right after World War II. So that's part of the reason why there's such a large wealth gap between us and white America. Mm. Black home owner, our wealth average is about 90,000 and over 50% of that is through the equity in our home. For a renter, your wealth is about 2,000. So if you wanna pay more for a house, just wait six more months. Uh, the other part I would say is miseducation. I have a lot of clients that come in and say, well, my mama said, my coworker said, my friend said, all this barbershop talk. If you haven't bought a house, probably this year, you're not informed with the market. The market has changed so drastically. Like I tell people just from this past fall, I have all these all out of town buyers and they're like, what is going on in Huntsville? You know, just last fall I was there and this and that and now this house and I, I'm like, hey, it's just constantly changing. And then um, you need to find a good loan officer, a good caring loan officer. Um, I can speak to a loan officer and within five or 10 minutes, I know if they know what they're doing or not. I think Sterling is great. I can tell he's on top of it. Um, when I sit down and consult with my clients, I normally uh, recommend loan officers based on their needs. Mm. I'm glad you made that point about loan officer. And I think, you know what, I, I'll, I'll no, that my question will go into the next question for Sterling. Are you are you are you you got more, uh, Alex, or are you you are you done? That's it. And Sterling, he was he was absolutely right on buyer representation. Um, I tell people, I know you get excited and you walk into that model home, and mm -hmm. you know you meet that agent. They're trained professionals and they work for the builder, they work for the sellers, they cannot legally represent you. Mm. I can come in and I can represent you, review your contracts and negotiate on your behalf at no additional cost. Oh, okay. All so right. I tell people, don't let them pressure you because they will. Uh, call me and make the plan feel even. And, and, and call her before you write your name on anything. You, know, you can go in there. You can go in there and talk, but don't even sign the sign-in sheet until you, call, <laughs> until you call a realtor. I'm serious. Okay, got you. I got you. Now, now, Alex um, uh, talked about this, and, and it's talking about getting a, a get, getting a good mortgage lender. Uh, at the time, I was trying to get my home at 3.75 and she pissed me off and called me. It was like, well, it's gone up to 3.875. And I'm like, that's not my fault. Why you didn't, you know, do what you got to do before it went to 3.875. Now, you, now you penalizing me. But later on, and I went to real estate school, but I didn't, I didn't finish. I mean, I, I, I honestly, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I've been, been to school. Uh, and I learned that you can buy back points. And I didn't, she did not tell me that, which pissed me off anymore. Now, uh, Sterling, can you explain the buying back points 
to lower lower your interest rate and if and is it beneficial to the customer or not go ahead okay first off, i'll talk about is it beneficial or not um that depends on that customer's individual needs um because buying back points is a upfront cost versus long-term cost issue so if you don't have the money up front then it's not beneficial for you to to break the bank and spend that money to lower your rate you can accept that rate as it is uh save up in the future and refinance your home later or recast your mortgage whichever you prefer um now to talk about the process of buying back points buying back points is you know exactly what you said it's paying money to lower your interest rate um, a point is equal to 1% of um, the loan amount. So if it's a $100,000 loan, a point would be $1,000, right? So, um, you know, like I said, it's, if you have the money up front and you want to buy down those points and, and, it, and it's, it's gonna be uh, a case by case, you know, time sensitive thing because rate, rates are gonna be according to the market um, you know, so we don't control that, but, uh, you know, that's just something that I speak about with, with, each, with each individual buyer when it comes time to lock in that rate. So by that time, I pretty much know their financial picture already. So I know if it's even a conversation that needs to be had. Um, so, you know, if people are in that financial position, we'll have that conversation. And most most of the people will want to do that because it does save the money over the life of the loan. Okay. Um, Alex, mm-hmm. I spoke to your mother about this, and I didn't know, but I'm for, uh, and I'm going to ask you for current homeowners: Is it a good time to refinance due to the low interest rates right now? I'm hearing two point nine. Yeah. So, I would, mm-hmm. go ahead. I think that's more of a sterling question, but I would say absolutely yes because some well, of these, I look. have not seen interest rates as low as some of these interest rates I'm seeing. Well, well take it away, Sterling. This is I'm sorry, it's your lane. Is it um? Is it good for me to refinance? I mean, definitely. Um, if, if you've been in your house for more than a year or two, it's definitely worth looking at, especially in this market that we're in because property values are rising. So people are gaining equity without doing anything, basically. Um, so, I mean, the, depend, depending on where you at, where you are in, 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 your, in the life of your loan, the price of an appraisal can get your... Your, your mortgage insurance off of your loan, you know, if you refinance right now. So it's definitely worth looking at, speak to a lender about it, get them to run the numbers for you, uh, get them to send you a, a, a estimates. And, and I mean, you, you look at, look it over. And if it's, if it's uh, beneficial for you, you know, you make that move. Uh, um, another thing that a lot of people don't know about is recasting your loan or re-amortization. Okay, what's that? So amortization is like, if you get any type of loan that you get, you're on a payment schedule, right? Right. And that, so it's, if, it's a, if it's a car loan, you, you got 60 months or whatever, 
of a payment schedule. It's amortized out properly to where each payment uh, will, will equal, will, you know, if the end of that payment schedule, those payments will equal your, your principal and your interest completely, right? You'll be, you own that property, that vehicle, whatever. A recast is re-amortization. So you've been paying $1,000 a month on your home for you know, however many years. You've also been gaining that equity from the market moving itself. So if you have, uh, you know, take your tax money one year, your $5,000 tax return. You call up, you know, I work for Supreme Lending. You call up Supreme Lending. You say, hey, I want to I want to put this $5,000 on my mortgage and I want to recast my loan. So now we take that value of your home and we recast that loan, re-amortize that loan. So now your monthly mortgage payment is even less because you don't owe as much, number one. You just put down more money, number two. And number three, whereas a refinance can cost you upwards of four or $5,000, recasting your loan is only going to cost you about $500. Okay. Uh that's great. That's great. Now, now um, I'm going to question number six. Now, hopefully, you ain't gonna defer to me, uh, defer again, Alex. Uh, well, I, I want to say this about the refinancing because it's definitely okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Question: and You sh- in audience? You should you should see Sterling about it. But I had a client a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. that Alex, I'm looking into refinancing. Mm-hmm. Can you pull some comparables so that I know how much my house is worth? They actually took my analysis and used it without even performing an, an appraisal. And so my clients are super happy. They save money on that appraisal. And I think they said, they said they're going to save about $300 a month. Yeah, look like it's time for me. You know, you know and to, to, to piggyback on what she just said, the last three refinances I've done have worked that way without without an appraisal. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and, and it's because of the market that we're in. I mean, look, you know, in some cases, we'll take the Zillow estimate and, and use it because you know, Zillow, people trust Zillow. So if you list your house for what it says on Zillow, somebody's gonna buy it, <laughs> you know, so. I've done I've done quite a bit of them lately, even during this pandemic, without an appraisal. Okay, great. Now, Alex, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to you on this next question. And uh, I mean, mm-hmm. um, they told me back in the day that uh, based on my credit score and what I um, and, and what I qualified for, I should have went this route. I should have went conventional, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I went FHA. Mm-hmm. Now, what advice, if a person, what advice are you give you give to your clients if they uh they uh they apply and they uh you know they uh, they can get they can pick either or FHA or conventional. So my goal for my clients are for them to have options. So mm-hmm. when they first of all. You know, if your credit score is not where it needs to be to have some options, let's work on that. Especially, you know, like I said, I work a lot of new new construction. So even if we have a prequal letter, before we close on that house, we have several months to get that credit score boosted to where you can look and say, okay, do I want to go FHA? Do I want to go conventional? There's all sorts of different conventional products out there. FHA is just pretty standard where you put down three and a half percent. And um, what, what it used to be is, most of, most of the conventional products 
like especially when I first got started. Hold on, hold on, hold, 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 hold on, Alex, Alex. I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm the audience may not know what is conventional is. Can you ex- could you can you expound on that? I'm gonna explain a little bit and then I'm gonna toss it over to Bobby because that's what he does every day. But uh, an FHA loan is a government backed loan. A conventional loan is a bank backed loan. So, okay. yeah. And what what used to be, especially when I first got started in the business, um, your FHA loans required less lesser of a down payment. And so most people, of course, when they're purchasing a home, because you still have closing costs regardless of if you have a loan that's 100% financing or not, they're going to go with the loan where they put down less money out of pocket. There is another another government-backed loan called a USDA loan that um, is 100% financing, but it limits the areas to where you can purchase. So with conventional products, I've seen them and I've helped clients to where they are 100% financing. They may not have mortgage insurance. Um, and I've seen, seen my clients put down quite large down payment. So when you get with a good lender, they should show you your your numbers and your options and let you know short term and long term, you know, where you could be. And then you make an educated business decision. OK, I got you. Um, I'm, I'm sure Bobby go. has a lot more to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean Sterling? I'm sorry, Sterling. I'm <laughs> Bobby is his friend. I'm Bobby sorry. Gordon. Yes, because I've been talking to Bobby a lot lately, and I told Bobby I was going to be doing the podcast with you, so Bobby's on my mind. I'm sorry, Sterling. <laughs> I Me promise Sterling, I'm so sorry. Me and Sterling were laughing in the background. <laughs> Forgive me, Sterling. You know I I'm going, talking I to your friend Bobby. <laughs> hey, 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 Sterling, man, can you break down the FHA and conventional for the, for the audience, please? And um, okay. go ahead. Well, like Alex said, your FHA loan is a, a government-backed loan. Um, it's kind of geared more towards the first-time home buyer. The lines are a little less strict than a conventional loan. Um, conventional loan is pretty hard set at, at a 620 credit score to qualify. Uh, and, and well, before the pandemic, and for certain cases, I can go as low as 580 on, on FHA loans for a credit score. Um, so it's a little more lenient, it's a little more geared toward first-time home buyer. Uh, usually, the 3.5% down payment was lower than the most conventional products. Um, I do, however, have conventional products for a first-time home buyer where that can go as low as 3% down payment. Um, I don't right now during the pandemic have the down payment assistance programs available, but normally we could do those as well. So that would be 100% financing for someone. Um, FHA is going to be a pretty solid 3.5%, um, you know, uh, down payment. So you definitely bring your money to, to close in there. Now, Sterling, I'm going to go to you and then go to Alex. I'm a little pissed off about this because this is my first time. I had to put down 7,000, seven G's, man, on closing. Now I'm hearing people don't have to put down nothing at closing. Now expound on that. Why I had to pay and these people are not paying. I mean, I have clients that walk away from closing with a chick. 
Okay, you're gonna have me cuss on my show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not uncommon. But why I had to pay, why people, okay, why some people have to put down closing and why some people don't? Is that, is that, was, that, a, that, is that a strategy or, or, or what? That was closing costs or your down payment? That was closing costs. Closing costs. Cost. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably included it, his down payment. Yeah, it might have included that down payment, some of that down payment too. But I mean, normally, closing costs is is something that can, like I said, it can be negotiated, and the seller can contribute to. But that usually, that's how people get out of paying closing costs, um, is is by a seller contribution because the seller is trying to get that house off. So and they got some pretty good equity, so that. You know, if it takes another couple thousand dollars to to get this deal done, let's make it happen. Um, I mean, I've heard of, you know, special circumstances where lender credits are involved or, you know, but that's again, that's not something that you can promise to anyone. That's a case by case thing. Um, I mean, Alex can promise someone that she will ask for, you know, certain things in negotiations, but she can't promise that the seller is going to do those things. So, you know, it's 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 a case by case thing and it's it's not a guarantee. Okay. It's not a guarantee. But even in this market, especially dealing in new construction, from time to time I have buyers that walk away from closing and instead of ending their money, they receive money. And what happens is we've been able to create a situation where the loan officer was able to give them 100% financing, meaning they have no down payment. And then we were able to negotiate with the builders to where all their closing costs were paid for. So, you know, in the beginning stages of writing a contract, you write, you turn in earnest money. In a lot of cases, when you go to close, their earnest money is credited towards your closing costs. So not only did you bring seven Gs, but you really pay more than that because they kept your earnest money as well. Don't and, remind me, Alex. <laughs> so with my clients, they come to closing and they cut them a check refunding their earnest money. Right, so not only do they get a house and keys, they have a check. Yeah, go ahead and rub it in. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the last question for the, for the show. And I think y'all touched down, touched, uh, touched on it throughout the show. But now, for your first, for people that are about to uh, buy, about to buy their first home, do you have any, any more suggestions that y'all haven't said in the show today? Is what would you like to give the African American community to prevent from making the same, making the same common mistakes y'all mentioned earlier today? I'm going to go with ladies first, ladies first, and then and go with Sterling to close it off. Alex, what suggestions would you like to give the African-American community to prevent this, to, to prevent the making the same damn mistakes I made and don't stop making the common mistakes of make, purchasing your first home? Go ahead. First of all, I'm going to say I think you're a little bit too hard on yourself because you are a homeowner 
and you've been one since 2016 and that is a huge accomplishment and i know with the way the market has trended that you have some equity for sure well, we so to, we're going to talk I, on the side on that but go ahead okay so i tell my clients you know once we even once we have that prequal letter listen congratulations that's <clears throat> excuse me that's a big deal because once again we know that home ownership for African Americans right now is it's really bad. Like I said earlier, we're back to where we were in, right after World War II. So um, I think we kind of mentioned them. The biggest thing is get with a professional uh, that is competent and that actually cares about you and not just you know making a dollar. Okay. Last but not least, Sterling King, not Bobby. Sterling, Sterling. Alex is exactly right. The representation is the most important thing. Um, I mean, if 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 you're going to sue someone, you're not going to walk in there by yourself and do that. You're going to hire a lawyer who knows what they're doing. So if you're going to buy a house, this is the biggest purchase of your life. You're going to be paying on this for half, if not most, of your life. So why would you? you know, try to wheel and deal by yourself without the proper representation of people who are trained to assist you in those matters. And also, um, what Alex said about, um, you know, the black home ownership numbers uh, being where we are, where we were at after World War II, it's important to fill out your census. It's important to, um, when you speak with the lender, you put in a loan application, I'm gonna ask you, are you black, are you white? Are you, you know, what are, you know, all those demographic questions. And I've heard many times, I don't wanna tell you that because I'm afraid they're gonna deny my loan because I'm black. Wow. And that's not what that, that's not what those questions are for. Those questions were instated under the Obama administration um, and they're there to, to keep a tally on what's happening in different communities under different demographics as far as the housing market is concerned. So when we don't answer those questions, I have to mark that you do not wish to furnish, you know, to to, uh, to give that information. And so that skews the numbers of black home ownership. You know, I, I firmly believe that there are more black homeowners out there than that, than we see in the in the numbers. And I believe that that is one of the reasons we don't do our census and we don't want to answer those questions. Gotcha. Well, I thank you all for coming on the show and giving us some insight for our first time home buyers uh, so they won't get played. Um, uh, Sterling touched on something I have not been, have not done. I have not done my census yet, so everybody, please fill out your census. And also, check out episode three that I did with Alex and her mother on uh, on the lack of blacks owning, owning their own homes and stuff and the issues of dealing with that. And... I hope that in this in this during this pandemic, everybody is doing great things and doing their research before they uh, buy their home and stuff. 
and t- and take heed of the advice that Alex and Sterling has made. Um, that's the end of the show. Uh, before I go, I always let y'all know with a, leave you all with a slogan that knowledge is power and uh, economic freedom is salvation. But if you put the two together, you have a, we can build a great nation. This is Marcus Jones with Rebuke, and I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.